It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. Topo the morning to you. A little bit early, but within this week, before the next Cookie Lab, we will be donning all of our Irish regalia and celebrating that national holiday that we have created here in the United States (laughs) for all of our Irish friends. I think you're talking about St. Patrick's Day. Am I right? I am. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Jill. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. I know you have your green clothes because you you wear that as a uniform when you're selling your thick mints on the corner by the hardware store. (laughs) Is that what you're going to wear? Just my green sash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have a special sweatshirt for St. Patrick's Day, and it says on it, Shenanigans Coordinator. Oh, perfect. Have have you uh, dug that out of the St. Patrick's? Yeah, the Rubbermaid bin in the attic. Rubbermaid bin. I was... I was thinking chest. <laughs> Pot of gold. So um, I have made a St. Patrick's Day treat for us that I think everyone will enjoy. I mean, I don't know if everyone will enjoy it because I l- have yet to taste it. But I did sample the dough during the process and it was amazing. Yeah, you, you have. You're never going to guess what I used to make the cookies. Well, we talked about uh, using uh, edible gold flakes. <laughs> yes. Is that what you One used? time went to a book club meeting where my hostess Jessica had made homemade chocolate mice and dusted them with edible gold powder. Yeah, it was quite something. So we were thinking coins that ended up at the end of the rainbow in the pot of gold. And right. So I yeah. I searched and it, it seemed like it was just going to be like a sugar cookie with some frosting and some gold dust, you know uh, what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, so, which, and you can do that for any that. holiday. No, no, sure. not at all. But, you know, like that's like Cookie Lab is, you know, I would hope one step beyond that. Okay. Yeah. And I think I think you took it one of step beyond that. So what else are the Irish known for? Oh, are, is there whiskey? Besides gold. Whiskey no. in the cookies? No, there's no whiskey in the cookies because we had some bourbon in the uh, Mardi Gras cookies. No, I am talking about the humble potato. I have made potato chip cookies. Oh. Yes. So a little savory, I'm a little sweet, so a little excited. salty. A little sweet and a little salty. Yeah. Oh. So I found this recipe on a gluten-free uh, site that we have used before. What is that? And I can't remember what it is. So I'll have to look mm. at our... I have it right here. Is this the recipe that came from gluten-free on a shoestring? Gluten-free on a shoestring. Yes. I've used them. I've used her before. And she detailed the recipe and I made it as she described it. And we have talked about a lot about how uh, beneficial it is to cream the butter and sugar. It does not tell you to do that. We have told we have talked about refrigerating the dough. This specifically says you should make it right away because the potato chips will get soggy. Wow, if you it looks like leave it, the dough. It's not a flat cookie at all. No, and you did neither not. of those I did, two tricks that no, we know I, of. I did cream the butter because I didn't even realize. I, you know, listeners, of course, you know to read a recipe before you start actually doing it, right? Of course. But of course, I'm always running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So when it was, I was like, time to bake. I didn't read through it. I put all my dry ingredients in a bowl. And then it says like 
mix in the butter. And I'm like, what? How am I? I mean, it was softened, but I didn't see how I was going to mix that. You didn't you didn't cream the butter and the sugar together. I didn't, but it, it didn't tell me to. So so then I, I put the butter in, in and the eggs and the vanilla in my stand mixer and added the dry ingredients, which included white sugar and brown sugar. Oh, wow. And, and kind of flour. creamed it all. Yeah. So if I were to do it again, I probably would just cream the butter and sugar and ignore that. Oh, well, we'll see when we bite into it. But it, right now it looks like uh, a regular sized rised cookie. Right. They were made, I made them by rolling two tablespoons of dough in a ball and then squashing it between my hands into a disc. Okay. It didn't oh, spread much. Okay. So can I talk a little bit about the history of the potato? Oh, I was I was hoping and, and hoping and hoping that we would go there. Yes. So potatoes, you you like to bust out stuff that's from a long time ago. I think potatoes has everything beat because scientists believe that there were people eating potatoes 10,000 years ago in South America. Oh my gosh, usually we go really no farther than maybe a thousand BC or so. Yeah, a few hundred years what, BC. 3,000 so. 3, years yeah. ago, 4,000 years ago. You're saying 10,000 years ago? Where? Yeah, in South America and Central America. And uh, strangely, yeah. for all of its hardiness, it disappears from the, you know, anthropological record more so than some other plants. So they're not sure. They have like definitive. Back to, you know, 5,000 years, 8,500 years ago, but they believe possibly even 10,000 years ago. And they have depictions of it on vessels. Like, it was definitely going on. Or maybe it's just like when we're in elementary school and we were poor artists and you draw something and you're like, Dad, that's you. And I, I said to my son, <laughs> no, that's a potato. <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> Which I which always makes me think of Paula Poundstone has a routine where she talks about how people grow an avocado. They they yeah. put toothpicks and put it over a glass of water and the pit of the avocado with the toothpicks. She said she thought it was a, a model of her dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so for all the dads out there, the potato then came to Europe via the Spanish explorers. Okay. In like the 1500s and specifically to Ireland when when Basque fishermen stopped oh. there to dry their cod. Okay. And at first, everyone in Europe was very suspicious of the potato. Because it looked like their because, dads. Because it looked like their dad and why would they eat that? And it's a member of the deadly nightshade family. Yeah, it's, and it's they, toxic, uncooked. And they, and they were suspicious of it because it grew underground. So they called it the devil's apple. Oh. But the fact is, I mean, just the facts on the ground as it were, it is, it is, has a low rate of spoilage. It has mm -hmm. three times the calories per acre of grain. So if you're trying to feed your family, you're going to get so much more out of your... Yeah, the potato spread through Ireland via the landless laborers who just had 
like an acre of land where they could have one cow and grow their own food and they were able to live on you the know, potato. subsist on the potato which they really wouldn't be able to with like wheat you know yeah, yeah. and and also it helped a little bit when king louis the 16th and marie antoinette began to wear potato blossoms in their in their clothing uh-huh Made it by fa- the 1600s, yeah, it they made it fashionable. By the 1600s, it was common for at least among poor people, soldiers, and also animal feed. But like I described, it just really took off among the population. And then uh, as far as Ireland goes, we all know the terrible story of the potato famine, the Irish famine caused by the, um, well, caused by the British, but caused... <laughs> uh, because the there was a blight the the potatoes they grew them and grew them with no uh, genetic variety and this you know strain of blight killed the potatoes and the people had nothing to eat and so they uh, migrated emigrated over here and in waves and you know the rest is history there are many books written about it but potatoes continue to be a popular staple in ireland and there is a potato chip brand called tato t-a-y-t-o and there is a a theme park like a disneyland type place called tato park really like hershey park we like chocolate here yeah and they have and they like their tatoes they have tato so i couldn't find um tato crisps at our local purveyors of specialties from that part of the world but they were like cheese and onion flavored or like prawn flavored. Oh my. And I didn't want to make a cookie with that. So I just used regular Lay's potato chips, which is what the um, recipe author used. She said you could use white chips, semi-sweet chips, or a mixture. I used a mixture. I'm a little afraid it's going to be too sweet because the dough itself was also pretty sweet. But what do you think? Should we give it a try? I'm ready. I'm ready to uh, bite into this historic cookie that has roots 10,000 years old. Here we go. Mmm. Mmm. It's kind of like the consistency of a peanut butter cookie. Okay. The chips do not make it too sweet at all. No. It has crushed potato chips in it and on the outside. I could go with a little more crushed potato chips. I'd like a little more of the saltiness. I want this to be your cream cheese, your cheesecake cookie, but with potato chips in it. Me too. Maybe we need to analyze those two recipes in the lab and make a fusion because that would be... Man, these cookies came out of the oven and I thought this is going to be life-changing. And I'm not like totally... I don't know. Are you sold on this? Well, I think, I think what I would want... I think your idea of combining last week's cookie and this week's cookie would be spectacular. Or I just want a little bit more potato chip. I want a little bit more of that saltiness in this. It's not yeah, ter- more it's not salty, terribly sweet. More salty and and but a and a sweeter base dough like you had. Mm. It's got a nice texture. It's going to be like a cream cheese potato cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody would buy it. But 
What's nice is that the potato chip did not get terribly mushy. I expected it to get very mushy in this. Right. Well, the I mean, these are fresh, fresh, fresh. I just baked them today, and you can tell your family that they will that they will taste you know better, fresher, and, and don't sort of save it for a treat for the end of the week. Okay. I assume you're going to share some of them with your family. Everybody gets a half, and I say keep your paws off the rest of my cookie. <laughs> and I say that even before I get to the science because I. I don't want them, you know, taking all the cookies. I think they'll be very attracted to the idea of the potato chips in there. Yeah, but then they might eat it and be like, hmm. We might have to do a, <laughs> we might have to come back next week with a mixture of an enhanced cream cheese cookie with potato chips in it. <gasps> what? A potato <laughs> chip crusted cream cheese Cheesecake cookie. cookie. Yeah, cheesecake cookie. Oh, now we're talking. We got to get we got to get back to the lab. <laughs> I'm curious what you're going to tell me about science because all I can think of is that for some reason children in school or scouts or whatever make a a clock out of a potato. There's is there what what is involved with the electric the electrodes? Do you know what I'm talking about? Sure. The potato clock, is that what you're going to tell us about? I wasn't, but I can. Uh, <laughs> I'll Google that up while you tell well, yours. if you take a copper penny, a real copper penny, and a iron nail, and you put them in a, into a potato, you put each of them into the potato, and you attach wires to it, the potato is filled with ions, uh, and they move from one side of the copper to the metal and the easiest way for them to move is is through that wire so there's a um a voltage difference between the two metals and so all of those ions will move through the uh, they'll push the electrons in the wires which makes a flow and mm-hmm. that will aka electricity make a, enough electricity to like light an LED light bulb or run a digital clock, which is just LED lights. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's well, the, what's the going potato on there. clock was invented uh, by William A. Borst in 1983. So it's not as old as the potato. Well, you had to have the digital clock technology. The ancient Mayans weren't making like potato sundials, for example. Well, we don't know that. <laughs> Okay. But rocks were, what were rocks were a lot more stable than potatoes. They didn't really change very much. Where potatoes would get all wrinkly, or they would sprout eyes, and that freaks mm-hmm. people out. So they didn't do that. But at first glance, what I was going to say is that a potato is is basically people think of it as starch and water. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot more ingredients. Did you know, Jill, that a single potato? has much more potassium than a banana. I'll tell you why I know that. When I was having baby, making, you know, when I was pregnant, we'll call it that. Mm. Let's start again. Ladies and gentlemen, Jill just coined a new term for (laughs) making babies. She calls it being (laughs) pregnant. Yes, and my, my nurse practitioner told me, encouraged me to eat potato chips because they had <laughs> potassium <laughs> well i'm glad that she did that and also you know you talked about potatoes being calorie rich when you compare it to wheat that's very true 
you need so much more wheat. Yeah. And the ability to digest wheat is is, is much harder. So Well, especially for you. Oh, it's impossible for me. But <laughs> but for your average person, I mean think you have to grow acres and acres and acres of wheat just to get one loaf of bread. Well, that's just inefficient. So you can have a six by ten plot of land and grow a hundred potatoes. However, potatoes are not a calorie dense food. Which I also know from my healthy nutrition eating. right, healthy eating. <laughs> approach uh 225 grams of potato has only about 100 calories Mm -hmm. so it's relatively low uh, uh, on the calories so it's it's not a bad thing to eat people think of it oh it's it's actually a high starch it's high starch well it's high in potassium it's high in other vitamins it's low calories compared to a loaf of bread the same amount weight of bread interesting Potatoes are a source of starch. It's called resistant starch, which... Oh, I've never heard of that. If not digested in the small intestine, gets into the large intestine and nourishes the beneficial intestinal bacteria there. Which which we hear more and more is like the key to happiness in life, yep. healthy gut. Healthy gut. And that, that type of starch benefits the body by controlling blood sugar levels because you don't get the, the big blood sugar rush uh, from the sugars from the starch because it's not digested. And say it, again what it's called. What is stealth starch? No. What resi- is it? Resistant starch. Resistant starch. Okay. And then finally, earlier we mentioned that potatoes are poisonous. You seemed not to have known that. But that's why we don't well eat I know raw that potatoes. we don't I, I don't give the peels to my um, chickens. Yeah. They contain solanine molecules that can cause severe food poisoning. Oh, dear. So as long as you cook them, you break down that molecule, it's no longer poisonous, and you can enjoy the healthy potato. That's just a little potato science for you. Fantastic. I think there could be much more to cover. Perhaps the potato or the potato chip will appear uh, in a future Cookie Lab cookie, because I I think think there's even more to say about it. Yeah. I think it's coming up, so stay tuned and see what we come up with in this mashup there's, of cookies. Oh, I see what you did there. And there's, but there's also um like potato. Is it potato starch or potato flour that Pota- we could try baking with? Potato starch, sure. Yeah. So I, I definitely think this is a, a whole new avenue to go down. All right, March, the month of potatoes. Oh goodness. And we'll see you next week. And once again. Have a have a terrific St. Patrick's Day. Same to you, and keep your paws off of my cookies. I will, and I will tell all of my leprechaun friends as well. <laughs> okay. Bye, Jill. Take care. It's Cookie Lab.